Welcome to Universal Man. My name is Mark Weppet, a.k.a. Commander Q, and I'm here to help you reign victorious on the battlefield of the will so that you can conquer yourself and unleash your apex potential. And today, we are doing something a little different. Today, we are kicking off the Universal Man live podcast. And I'm really excited to be doing this. It's time to switch things up. I want to have a little bit more fun when recording videos because honestly, it's gotten to be quite a bit of a drag. Uh, just sitting down and filming them, uh, doing a bunch of takes, sending it off and whatever. And I, I want the energy of the live environment. You know, it's I think it'll be exciting to try and do this moving forward. So to help with that and help with maybe a bit more of a you know, fun sort of dialectic approach to the teachings and the conversations. We're also going to be bringing on my uh, esteemed uh, colleague, James. How are you doing, James? You're all right, Mark. It's going to be absolutely class, I reckon. So thank you very much for inviting me. <laughs> yeah, you, James is my uh, my young ward here. And um, I know last time I had him on, some of you guys were, were pretty harsh on on old James. So, you know, take it easy on him. He's... Well, I, I am also uh, moderating the stream at the moment. So any rude uh, comments? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's going to drop you. So So watch out for that. Um, today, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be looking at a few different things. Uh, I'm going to try and do like... Like a lot of this is going to be up in the air. I'm going to be feeling out this whole podcast vibe, but I always want to have some kind of self-development teaching or whatever, like you know how I typically do. And then I would like to also maybe start talking about more topical stuff, some more fun stuff, that sort of thing. So today I'm going to have something that's going to help you thrive on the front lines of life. Then we're going to talk about The Social Dilemma that documentary on Netflix and what I think it means and why I think it matters a ton. And then we're going to be looking at uh, something a little bit fun where we're going to do a, a habit tier list. We're going to look at all the different habits that I see people using and promoting and that sort of things. And I'm going to rank them. And we're going to decide uh, what are actually the best ones to do, which ones are a waste of time, and that sort of thing. So hopefully you guys enjoy this. And I guess we're going to go ahead and get ourselves into our first topic here. Okay, And in this... The reason I'm bringing up this topic is because really it ties into what I'm doing here. So I'm going live and I'm bucking the trend of doing YouTube videos the way I used to. So you guys don't see the behind the scenes. I've done something like 170 or 80 YouTube videos and it always involves me sitting down at a camera doing a bunch of takes uh, and then shipping it off to someone to edit. And previously, you know, I would edit it, which is a nightmare. Now, James, he sees he sees the edits. Now, how many times would you say I screw up per video? I may or may not have kept uh, a little a little blooper reel just for myself, not to share anywhere else, of course. <laughs> of all the times in which it's like, hey, everyone, welcome back to Universe. I'm going to help you <laughs> screaming at the camera. It's, it's great fun. It's, the, it's the, probably the best thing about the job, I'd say. Yeah. So, I mean, it's great for you, but for me, it's it's not so fun. Um, and it got to the point where I just started dreading filming more videos. Not really dreading, just like it felt like a grind. And I didn't want that because I want my work to be something that I'm really passionate about, something that I love. And so what the, the issue that I ran into is that my outcome was mismatched with my appetite. And I think this happens to a lot of people in a lot of different ways, where they have some end goal that they like, but the means that they're using to get there, it's just not jiving with them. Or maybe it, you know, it worked for them at one point, but doesn't work for them 
anymore. So this is this is how I felt with the the YouTube stuff. And that's why I'm mixing it up. So what do you think, James? Have you seen this before in your own life where you got hooked in on some kind of thing you really wanted to do, but the path you were trying to use to get there just wasn't clicking for you? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, <laughs> it's a cop-out if I say all the time. <laughs> it, 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 it seems to be a mismatch between what you think you want and what you really want at the end, at the end, end of the day. And you never know these things until you end up trying them. Because you know, we can all sit there and make mind maps and to-do lists and everything else about what we want to do. But we have no idea really until we start doing it. You know, you might have big dreams and then, you know, 10 days in, you're actually like, oh, I don't like this. Like Jim, for example. It's like, that's not for everybody in order to get fit. We were discussing this the, the, um, the other day. Like, right. um, you, might, you might start yourself a nice gym routine. And then uh, you realize, actually, I really don't like coming here at seven in the morning in the freezing cold, lifting these horrible barbell things where I've not been trained. But ah, so, yeah, I mean, it, it, a lot of the, the heart of this possibly could be, you know, connecting to what you want to do in simple terms. Right, right. So like the, the gym one is a really cool example because I, that's the one I see happen a lot. That and like nutrition. I remember actually, uh, remember one of our long time, I won't say his name, but he was a long time Vanguard member. And he messaged me one time, he was talking about how he really wanted to do keto, um, but it just didn't work for him. It actually made him feel terrible. But you got all these people talking about the benefits of the ketogenic diet and people just jerking off about how cool the ketogenic diet is. And like it actually just made him really sick. And he kept trying to figure out how he could force himself to do it. And I'm just like, dude, don't do it. <laughs> there are other ways that you can go about this. And um, we, we just get hooked into a certain way of doing things that just doesn't work for us. And you've really got to watch that because maybe you are supposed to head in that direction, but not that way. So you want to try and find a way to match your appetite with the outcome you're trying to do. So it takes a little bit of experimentation and whatnot, right? You got to do a little bit of uh, iteration. And that's kind of like the, 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 key, the key secret to this, right? Like you have to do what I call in business or what I guess a lot of people call in business, getting your MVP. So in business, they call it, what's your minimum viable product? What's the thing that's good enough to get started with so that you can then iterate and make informed calculations and adjustments. That's what I'm doing with this podcast right now. Like, I'm, It's kind of loose. It's kind of flowing. It's kind of like, all right, I'm going to try this out. I'm going to try that out. I'm not going to set anything in stone yet, but I have enough, of a, enough clarity to get rolling. And once you have that, well, then you can adjust and, you know, quit it or, you know, turn it up or do whatever it is that you want to do. And so, like, you know, if you don't know what the right path is, just pick something that seems good enough, try it out, and see if you need to make adjustments. Right, James? Am I, am I, am I on point with that? Yeah. Well, a, a question for yourself would be, like, why do you think people struggle with that? And I'm not, I'm not being funny about that because it sounds like something that even in terms of, you know, like energy expenditure, that that would be desirable. You know, like I, I, a few years ago or whatever, this might have been around the first time I met your good self. I, um, it was at the point where I couldn't make myself do anything unless I had a perfect schedule and a perfect morning routine and a perfect evening routine. And everything was absolutely perfect. Right. I'm still not entirely sure why that was the case, except some covert kind of laziness and procrastination coming in. So, so I was wondering why you think people fall into that trap. Well, I think it actually ties into what I covered in the, the last Commander Q video that I did talking about the issues around perfectionism. This idea that like you need to have it all mapped out perfectly before you get going and you need to have other people telling you that that path's great and that like it just needs to feel 100% figured out 
so that you don't have to go on any sort of adventure. You don't have to face any sort of messiness. You don't have to, you know, be in the rough and tumbleness of it all. And and that's where I think ruggedness comes into it. It's like you get a good enough direction to go where you want to go, and then you figure out along the way. And I, I would say that that's kind of the surface level thing. And honestly, that can go pretty deep because some people are they're just very insecure and they don't have enough self-affirmation or connection to their own dignity to be willing to go on these kinds of uh, adventures. If, like, if they're not perfect from the beginning, then they're not going to do anything at all, right? <laughs> so I think that is a big part of it. But I think particularly in our modern world, and we'll get into this a little bit more with the uh, when we start talking about the social dilemma, is that people kind of get inceptioned. <laughs> you know, the movie Inception where you implant a thought into someone else's mind. Um, this is, you know, that's not some kind of sci-fi thing. That's just persuasion, more or less. And in our, like, influencer-based economy, we live in a world where it's like people get it in their head that there is only, there is like one right way to do something. And then they end up taking other people's opinions and treating them as if they're their own opinions or their own beliefs. And everyone's got that friend who, and hopefully, and if you don't have a friend like this, then you are that friend probably, <laughs> where everyone's got that friend where they just listen to some person and they just regurgitate their ideas. And you know that you're not hearing your friend talk. You're just hearing them repeat stuff that they've heard. And while that's not inherently bad, uh, it really gets in the way when it comes to making your own life decisions because you're essentially making decisions based upon what you heard your favorite podcaster say. Or sometimes, you know, sometimes it's deeper. It's like your familial stuff. It's like, oh, that's not your opinion. That's your mom's opinion or your dad's opinion. And you just kind of internalize that. And, you know, you're trying to live someone else's life and value system out. And it's just, it's not going to work, <laughs> plainly. Yeah, I guess speaking technically, it's it's kind of an infantile thing to do. Think about sort of human lifespan development in that way, which is fine. We all go through that, through that stage, don't we? It's like we, we need to internalize other people's opinions when we're growing up or else, well, how are we going to form a structure with which we can build a worldview on and go out and adapt to the outside world? So I understand it. It just seems to be sort of leftover bits of youth from my point of view. But, but I guess uh, with um, But I would say your, it goes uh, further than that now, too, because you get social currency when you say the right things like if you That's if true. you if you say a popular path is the right path well then you'll get all kinds of likes and affirmation on uh you know whatever social media platform you're fucking around on so it's like you know that i think plays a big part of it too because you know a lot of times you don't even need to live it out it's like i could get a bunch of followers just saying i was keto without ever actually yeah. ever actually doing it right so, <laughs> and I think yeah. people do this. They play this game and, you know, it all comes back to the insecurity piece, I think. Yeah, it's a real sh real massive shame that stuff like this does not translate into real world relationships. It's mostly seems to be online where, you, where you're looking at those. Maybe that's going to be on what we're going to talk about soon, where you're looking, say, a Twitter feed. And there's a guy there and he has loads of likes and loads of retweets and loads of follows. And those are the other metrics that deem popularity and status. And it's like, well, what they're saying is true. And what they're saying gets attention and social capital and everything else. But then you get away from your computer or your phone. You go into the outside world and you don't walk around going, I'm on keto. It's, it's, it's not well, going to go anywhere. No, people definitely do that. People definitely do that. I mean, like veganism, people definitely do it with veganism. They do it with CrossFit. They do it with... To be, to be fair. Veganism sometimes anime. I, I see occasionally. Really? That was a thing. Yeah, yeah, university mate. Wow. Anime was, was a big one. It would be quiet. 
huh. then when when they when they perceive that you would be um, like receptive to to their anime, it'd be like, oh my god, have you seen Attack on Titan season twenty seven? <laughs> constantly coming out. It's like, I, for some things, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I mean, the the the, the big takeaway here is if you're trying to do something find the path that works for you and usually you don't know what that path is right off the bat so you find something that just moves you in the right direction do something that doesn't like there's kind of different scales you could do it you could go super all in or you could like you know be like go hardcore ketogenic for a month or hardcore you know you do crossfit or you follow this plan or you do xyz like that's one approach is you go hardcore you follow a a plan to a t and you give yourself enough time to see does it click um, or you just ease in gradually and adjust. So it's like maybe instead of going to some like super hardcore fitness routine, you just just decide to start walking and making and switching your soda with water at first, and then you see how that jives, and then you make another iteration on top of it. It's kind of like the slight edge versus like a more all-in approach, and both have their merits. But I would say if you're a generally dysfunctional person probably the, the the more the less intense version is better but if once you get yourself more disciplined and whatnot you can iterate much more rapidly if you can make bigger shifts up front so you know you just kind of have to gauge yourself and where you're at really really forgiving thing to do as well actually to relax it's like you don't have to be like your favorite guru immediately you really really don't and you have no idea what the life circumstances built up to that person being in that wonderful place with all of the things in their I guess, personal context in place. Now you can forgive yourself and you can relax and take things step by step. Though I know, and I'm sure you do, Mark, it's quite difficult to get yourself into that headspace initially, which is, a, again, a very strange thing in my opinion. Which headspace? The, 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 the general headspace of I must go all in right now. It's mm. kind of like that's absolutely exhausting to do. And you're absolutely right. It does come from an, an insecure place. If you forgive yourself and relax and you look at the people who are alongside you on the journey rather than the people who've already, say, completed at least X, Y, Z stages of the journey, it's like, well, of course you're not going to be there. Of course right. you're not. You've not gone through the things that person's gone through yet. Relax and calm. Right. right. Exactly. Or, you know, the the thing I'm experimenting with. So I've I've gotten really good at mapping out the slight edge kind of like slow progressive growth and i think this is the right thing for most people but uh, especially if you're kind of dysfunctional you got a porn addiction your internet addiction that sort of thing you're not going to be able to handle much more than that but once you get out of that there is ways to actually start practicing going all in and what you do is you, you pretty much plan to fail you're like all right i know this is all going to break down at some point and that becomes part of the plan. And that becomes kind of like your iteration point and you see it coming from the distance. And so that's something that I'll be talking about more in probably some of my higher level content, which I will actually be talking about later in this call because there are some big changes afoot in the Vanguard community. Uh, we're actually launching Vanguard 2.0. So stay tuned if you wanna hear a little bit more about the, the changes going on over there. But I think this pretty much wraps up this segment anything else you wanted to say about that james no except i'm very very excited for the new vanguard ah you should be <laughs> <laughs> um okay so let's go into this is kind of a nice segue actually because we'll go into the social dilemma now i think because we're talking a little bit about how social media has impacted us and whatnot but this documentary the social dilemma you've probably heard about it um if you haven't, well, it's this documentary on Netflix. And what it does is it talks to big tech 
insiders who spill the beans on what's going on in these big social media companies like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, etc. Like, what are they doing with their technology, with their algorithms, with everything like that? And what is their agenda, right? And this was a really, really great documentary. I, I don't think it's perfect. I have some critiques on it, which I'll get to in a second. But the big, like, valuable piece of it is that not that any of the information was new. It's that it packaged it in such an entertaining and coherent manner that you could, that the average Joe Schmo can consume it and will consume it. And so it's like if you already know all this stuff, if you know about how the algorithm uh, is going to be taking over the world and essentially already has, um, then you can say, hey, Go watch this thing. This one thing that will entertain your little dopaminergically unhealthy brain long enough to help you understand the danger that we are all in. <laughs> so that's 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 like the biggest value of it. Um, what would you think of it, James? Yeah, it was. Uh, I think that was the biggest thing as well. It was quite entertaining. There's a little bit of irony that you've got to use sort of technology, etc., to consume it, which is which is amusing. So I'd, I'd be very interested to see what the effect of the documentary is going to be having come through it. Because obviously you've spoken about it on the channel for, for years, that kind of thing in terms of detoxing yourself from things that perhaps aren't the best for you. And it's whether or not a documentary like this in the mainstream would in fact get people to unsubscribe from stuff like that. Not from Universal Man, of course, of course but from stuff like that that's going to be destructive to people. Is that That's the kind of stuff that gets me excited, you know? Right, and at this, at this whole thing about these big tech platforms is actually a big, uh, driver for why I'm reconfiguring the Vanguard. Like I'm bringing the Vanguard in-house and I'm bringing a lot of my content in-house because one, I don't want to have to force you guys to go out and, you know, roll around in the AI algorithms in order to interact with me. And two, I, I don't trust these companies and, and you shouldn't. I mean, they are, they're just, they're, they're businesses. They have their, like, I'm not saying they're evil. They, they might be. I mean, I think some people in them kind of are. Um, some people in them that, definitely what, are. What, Some people in them are definitely evil, I think. I think the vast majority of the people in those companies are not at all. They're just they're just making a, 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 a product, which is fine. But it's not necessarily clear what the product is to the average person. Um, so, you know, I want to try and separate my what matters to me from what matters to them. And because there's there's some big issues that come up with that. So Let's do a quick overview of kind of the big points from this documentary. Um, obviously, they talk about all the issues that social media is causing, like poor mental health and people like depression, suicide rates, all that kind of stuff has gone up dramatically, especially in like young, like teens and stuff who are the first generation to have social media like there from like when they are just like a little kid. Like for us, for me, I think I got Facebook in high school. Uh, didn't really use it like before that we had MySpace in grade school and that was like pretty pretty low key. Um, there was still issues with it and whatnot, but it wasn't until college really that it became a big deal. And then like but the people like a lot of these kids, they're like, you know, fifth, sixth, seventh grade being given smartphones and it's not it's not doing good things for their brain, basically. Um, so that's one big thing, the mental health. Then we've got the political polarization. Right. And it goes into the documentary about that, about like, why are people getting so polarized? And it's because polarizing stuff gets clicks. If you the more one sided you are in your 
views. The more incendiary you are, the more clicks you get. And the algorithm, it sees people clicking it, so then it promotes it to other people. And this causes all kinds of stuff from forcing, like, like having people kill off nuance so that they can get their, uh, their hot take you know, viral, or that they can get their, uh, oh, watch Ben Shapiro own the libs, or like, watch Rachel Maddow totally destroy Donald Trump. Like, like those kind of things, they get clicks, and it incentivizes people to throw away nuance. So that's one whole big issue. But then it also creates this big fake news thing where fake news, they showed, actually spreads faster than real news. <laughs> And so it's like, okay, this is this is a massive issue, and it's all driven by the algorithm, all driven by this desire to to make clicks and whatnot. And you might be wondering why do these companies care so much about your clicks? Well, because you are the product, right? And this is something that I knew. It's like if you're not if you're paying for something, or you're not paying for something, and it's a really good service, then you are the product. So these companies, Facebook, Twitter, whatever, they make their money by selling your information to advertisers. So like this isn't inherently bad, I don't think. I mean, it's like something that I will use. It's like if I want to make a targeted ad, it's pretty nice. It's like, all right, I want to target men between this and this age who have this and this set of beliefs and interests, and I can send an ad right to them and it can help my business. And like that's that's cool. I like that. I mean, as long as those people know that like I have access to their information and they're fine putting it out there. Well, then that's that's free market, free will, whatever. But the place where it gets scary, the, there's there was one guy in the documentary. I don't know what, what you thought, James, but I thought the guy um, uh, Lanier, Jaron Lanier, the the guy with the dreadlocks. I thought he was the smartest out of all of them, or maybe the most insightful out of all of them. He had like a really good point about how what the real product was. It wasn't just selling your information. These companies, they are selling your like minor shifts in your beliefs and behaviors. That's really what they're selling. If, if these companies can change your behavior and the way that you show up in the world by modifying your habits so that you're scrolling more, so that you're clicking a certain type of stuff, that's really where the money is. And so when you see that, you understand that their incentive, that these big tech companies' incentive, is to change you. It's to control you in a way that turns you into a better money-making machine for them. And when that stuff is driven by kind of like the lowest common denominator of human operation, that's terrifying because basically they are trying to drive a thing that dumbs you down, makes you more polarized, makes you less nuanced, makes you more vapid. And that's how they make their nut. And the fact that everybody's plugged into this crap is nuts. You know what I mean? Like, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I guess I'll put it like this, mate. I've never met anyone in real life who considers social media to be an overwhelmingly good thing. The only thing I've, I've seen is sort of older middle-aged ladies that really like the family side of Facebook. And I get that, you know, connecting up. That's like Friends Reunited in that, in the, in the very early days of this kind of stuff. Right. It's um, it's, I mean, getting stuff on the YouTube algorithm, for example, is incredibly difficult to do. It's got to be a certain length, and there's got to be certain words, and there's got to be certain this and that and that. And it's like, well, why? Because what YouTube wants, what Google wants as a company, is for you to wake up, to put on whatever YouTube video you want, whether you're watching or listening, doesn't matter, and just keep going all day long in live streams or not in live streams. Live live streams, I've I've heard, I think, get promoted a little bit more than normal videos. 
That's because there's more excitement and stuff around it. You might be more likely to tune in and watch it like you're a part of it. So you're absolutely right. They want to, you, they, it, they want themselves to become your lifestyle. And from like friends and family members, actually, who've now quit social media in this way, uh, it, or even completely, I personally don't use social media. I don't really consume content. Um, their lives have become exponentially better for it. And what seems to substitute with the social media is real world relating to other people. Mm. It seems to come naturally back in. You're not there typing to each other a messenger anymore. You're going to the pub and having a pint. Right. Something as simple as, as that, you know, and yeah. you know, we're if not you meant can. to be dogs in cages, <laughs> are we? You know, yeah. we're, we're meant to be out there relating to other people. It's essential because we've evolved that way. Right. And if we don't have that, we're in trouble. Right. And so here's where we can start getting into like my takeaways from this. So this isn't explicitly about the documentary. It's like like where I think things need to go or should go or will have to go. Like the issue with social media, as I see it, is not so much the social aspect. I actually think that's really fantastic. I think it's the algorithm aspect. So like any time that you're given a curated feed of information, that's where the danger comes up because that feed is based upon all your behavior. Like in the documentary does a good do job showing this. It's like, oh, he hasn't clicked in X amount of time. So maybe we'll send him, a, we'll, we'll drop a picture of his ex-girlfriend in here because then we'll know he'll engage with that and that kind of stuff. So this is when they start preying upon your worst impulses. Like for guys that I've coached around quitting pornography, uh, one of the things that they really struggle with, for, in for instance, is Instagram, the explore tab. Uh, because once you start clicking on a set of butt cheeks, then that's all you're going to get on there. And like, <laughs> that's what then it feeds you. And it, if you click basically on your baser instincts, then that's what it's going to think that you like and that's what it's going to give you. And so I think you just got to get rid of get rid of the feeds like any sort of algorithmically generated feed is like poison for your brain and yeah technically you could interact with it smartly and whatnot but it takes a little bit of extra work and it's like if it's going to take a little bit of extra work and discipline on your part to not get sucked into bullshit then like why not put that work into only utilizing the best part which is actual direct connection with other people and so what i see happening especially like in this culture of fake news and um polarization and algorithms all this kind of stuff the only thing that you're going to end up being able to trust are individuals and so focus on only following the few individuals in each field that really have something to say because if you look at any niche like whether it's cryptocurrency or the manosphere or you know conservative news or liberal news or whatever there's a few people at the top who have all the original ideas. And then there's a whole cohort of people underneath them that essentially just regurgitate those ideas and kind of circle jerk them around, okay? And so you, you don't need to follow that many people to get the main perspectives. And so like you can actually just follow those people individually. There's ways to set up bookmarks and stuff like that so that you only go right to the people who are really worth paying attention to. And um, you know if you're you know, if there's something that you're really interested in, maybe you go down the 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 layers a few and you, you, you look at some of those secondary personalities and that's fine. But like, you don't need to be exposed to whatever Twitter thinks you need to see. You don't need to be exposed to whatever Facebook thinks you need to see, right? Use the platforms, don't let them use you. And that's part of the reason why I'm bringing all my stuff in house is because like, I want people to just be able to, to come to me, right? Yeah, there's, I think there's, there's a nice tip that people watching might like. Uh, when I was trying to get off social media about a couple of years ago, 
I, I, I failed for a long time. But um, what I did is I got, um, I, mean, I use Android. You can do it on, on iOS as well. I got a podcast addict, or just any podcast app would do, one that can take RSS feeds and then find the RSS feeds of your favorite YouTube channel. Google keep moving them all over the place, possibly for this reason. Find yeah. it in the page source. There's easy tutorials online. Put them in there so that when you, rather than going on the YouTube app and opening up your subscriptions or on the browser where there's all these recommended down the side, you literally just click on it and it opens the video. And then you're done and you can click away. And it's kind of safe and clean like that. I completely agree with you though. Feeds are, I mean, the only way I could possibly see feeds being at least not a harmful thing, or at least not a suboptimal thing, is if you've got your life together and you want to relax in the evening and you like putting on YouTube trending or you want to scroll for a little bit, fine, who cares? It's not like it's evil per se, end of Satan, you know? It's kind of- But like it kind of is sometimes. It's like, <laughs> like I look, at, I, I look at like the Universal Man suggested stuff. Like I don't watch YouTube on the Universal Man account. So I just have whatever the generic YouTube recommendations are on there. And a lot of it's just like, hot garbage like a lot of the music videos are like half pornographic terrible music that for you know mm. it, it gets millions of views but it's just it's literal like crap like this is the stuff where like make sure you like if you are going to expose yourself to the feed make sure you say this is not relevant to me if it's not you got to yeah. give it the feedback otherwise it's just going to keep feeding you crappy stuff and like to take it kind of further so there, I see, I see like how kind of like how technology is going. There's like one side that wants to go super, super centralized. There's, I actually see this in multiple threads. I see it in economics. Like we have the whole centralized versus decentralized. We got like the new cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin. And then we've got like fiat banking. This is kind of like the, the big, I think this is the big granddaddy argument. And I'm not going to get into that today, but we got that. And then we got it on the the social media side where it's like we're going to have super centralized social media like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, that kind of stuff. And then we're going to have kind of like more niche communities. And I see something like Discord like that or like what we're doing with the Vanguard. Like like what I've tried to do is I've taken off all the main social medias off my phone. I'll use them on my computer if I need to. But what I keep on my phone is if I want to scroll something, I'll just scroll through the Vanguard Discord and I'll just see what guys are doing or I'll scroll through my friend's group chat. Something like that where, you know, if you want that hit of that connection, that's fine and good. And I think that's one of the coolest parts of the modern world. But do it intentionally. Do it with people you give a crap about. Don't just sit there and scream at a stranger on Twitter. Like <laughs> people get addicted to that kind of emotional high that comes from like going to war for your tribe. But like you're dumb for doing that. You're wasting your time and you're not making anything better. It's kind of nuts. Agreed. Agreed. I think you hit the nail on the head there when you're like, it's, it's connection. You're after the real connection. That's it. That's absolutely it. It's like, okay, you got, got a Twitter feed. What can you use it for? We're keeping up with current events from people who, even if it's biased, who cares? If it's your bias, fine. Because I mean, this whole idea of you must always challenge yourself and stretch your mind, I think is silly. I think it's a good idea as like a baseline thing. But you know, you, if you're a right-wing person, follow right-wing personalities, fine, whatever. Uh, or for something like motivation, perhaps, with your favorite personalities that might motivate you. Something like, like that. It's probably, you know, if I was to go back on social media, that's probably something that I would use it for, to be honest. But apart from that, you get the social connection far better elsewhere. It's like you get the smallest hint of it and it's so readily available. You can just keep getting it and getting it and getting it and getting it, especially under like lockdown conditions. It's like, well, you know, can I go outside and see people? Sometimes you can, sometimes you can't. I get it. It is difficult to do. 
but I think everyone listening, to be honest, mate, knows that it's not optimal. Well, it's interesting. As you're saying that, it, it hit me that social media has kind of pornified the social dynamic. And what I mean by that is, you know, what porn does is it takes the the like the most scintillating aspect of sex and sort of commoditizes it and makes it instantly accessible while removing all meaning and value from it. <laughs> it just gives you the pure stimulation. And like social media in its worst form, that's all it is. It's like affirmation. That's what people do social media for is that they want to win points. And that feeling of winning points is inherently stimulating. But when it's taken out of the context of a meaningful social interaction, those points don't mean anything. They might feel good, but they mean nothing, which is in contrast to like, for example, say you're in the vanguard and say you just, you know, got a new streak or you overcame some kind of problem and people that, you you know, you've been interacting with, they affirm you and they tell you that it really matters and they are like pumped for you. That's an entirely different sort of thing. And, you know, ideally we could all have those kinds of connections like, you know, face to face, person to person. But like sometimes you just can't do that. Sometimes, you know, the things that you're interested in, you're not going to find that in real life, especially with how things are going, being all locked down and crap right now, like you need to turn to alternative forms of connection. So I'm very pro technology, but like only a certain way. And this kind of brings me to like the big thesis that I see for men moving forward is that there's going to be a divide. There's going to be a group of people who get controlled by the algorithm, that get controlled by all this stuff, they get dumbed down, they get turned into like these dopamine like seeking machines that are just rolling around in like the lowest value instant gratification and they're just stuck there. You know, all they can do is play video games, eat junk food, jerk off and like complain on Twitter. And like their only solution is to going to be to ask the government for more money. And so they'll probably get it. Like there's going to be universal basic income and that kind of stuff. I think it's almost inevitability at this point, especially if, you know, all right, I'm not going to go too far down that that rabbit hole. But like I think this kind of stuff is coming. But if you don't want to be a part of that, there is a choice you can make. You can learn how to master yourself. You can learn how to upgrade your willpower so that your systems of self-development have been evolved to outmatch our systems of instant gratification. And I think that's what needs to happen. And if you can do that, and this is what the Vanguard is really about, what Universal Man's really about, then you're going to have basically unlimited potential. Like the technology that we have today is so powerful. Every single person could be making six to seven figures running their online business if they learn how to get themselves in order. I fully believe that. You got to be willing to work hard, of course. Um, so you got to be willing to work hard. You got to be willing to face some risk and figure stuff out and that sort of thing. But like, the technology is amazing. It's absolutely unbelievable. And like, all it takes is discipline, discipline and some knowledge, right? And so, if you can get on that side of the future, then you know we're gonna be the most powerful humans that. W- have ever existed. So that's what I'm really interested in here is like helping people skip that quicksand of where I see modern cultures going. And I mean, it's only gonna get worse. I mean, once VR starts taking off, like once people can just like put on their VR goggles and stick their wiener in a USB flashlight, we're gonna lose a like a whole generation of men. <laughs> They're never gonna leave their basement. They're not gonna do anything. And so like, we gotta do something about that because this is scary. <laughs> We do, we do. I mean, it's making technology work 
for yourself, right? And it, it can be difficult when you're in the situations. But I remember when, uh, obviously, I, I, my relationship with yourself started when I was in the Vanguard originally. And I remember one of the first things I did was I started DMing everyone who was in there. Like, it, like this was like day one or something. I started DMing people, and I would, and I would, it wasn't Zoom in those days. I don't know when Zoom came about, but it was like Skype. Skype all of them, and one of them is still one of my really, really good friends. And we, when I was, when I was that that year, I guess when I, when I was in your community like that. Uh, we would support each other and do accountability stuff with each other all the time. We, you know, I was sending pictures of my alarm clock at 4.30 in the morning like a young right, man Jacko. might do. Yeah, well, you, mate, I was a very different person in, the, <laughs> in those days. But, but, you know, and he'd be like, oh, mate, you missed today. And I'd be like, oh, can, I, can, I, can I cheat this, this system so he actually doesn't know? It just became an engaging thing, like another social interaction. But that's the point, is you're after the interaction. The, the affirmation you're looking for is not going to come through Twitter lights. It's not just gonna keep going on and on and on and on and on and then it's like well why is everyone anxious and depressed social media is not the sole cause of this but it's like a catalyst it propagates it so you're, you're looking return back to your roots in a way like you're looking for social connection properly with real real people yeah it's difficult but you can do it everyone can do it it's in your genes right right it's just it's all got to get upgraded it's like i'm like there are some people who are like very much like classical like purists like we got to go back to the way things were and then we've got people who are like all oh it's all the new way you know we gotta you know this this totally virtual sort of living uh, where we outsource everything to the internet is the truth you know like who cares about real relationships anymore when you've got porn and you've got video games and that sort of thing I, I'm kind of like right there in the middle but like almost in an extreme way it's like I'm a, I'm a neoclassicalist like we have to have that connection, but we might need to do it in new ways. And so if you can keep thinking in that manner of like, all right, technology is good. What's the way that I can use that to serve these fundamental human goods that are not going to change? And if you can marry those two, I think that's where the money's at. Completely agree with you. Completely agree with you. You shouldn't stay in the past because then there's no progress. So, yeah, move forward, but make, make sure that we don't take detritus, if you like, with us. Right. That's not going to be good. Exactly. All right. So... That's, I think, enough on that. Now it's time for us to move into the ultimate habit tier list. So let's see if I can the bring this. Habit the ultimate list. habit tier list. I don't know if you guys have seen these before, but we've got uh, a tier list set up that our, our buddy James here was good enough to go ahead and create a bunch of different icons for so that we can we can go through it. And basically what we do is we're going to go through each one of these, have a little conversation about them, and I'm going to rank them. I'm going to tell you how useful I think it is. Because a lot of times people are on the path to self-development. They don't know what's really worth their time and effort and whatnot. So let's, let's just do this. Plus, I think it would be, it would be fun. So we're going to start. Yeah. We're going to start things off with the, the big daddy with with NoFap, okay? Technically, I probably shouldn't be using the term NoFap. Alexander Rhodes, uh, please forgive me. Do not copyright strike this. It should be... This, this, this is no space fap. It's okay. Uh, yeah, that's a very small space in there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but basically, this is the process of cutting out porn. And I'm going to have to go ahead, right off the bat, you all know it, we're going to throw this up into S tier. And the reason for this is because if you don't know, well, using porn is probably the most like one of the worst things you could do for your brain outside of hard drugs. All right. If you're a hard drug addict, go ahead and take care of that first. Um, but after that, go ahead and cut out porn because you're screwing up your life. You're screwing up your motivation systems. You're screwing up your ability to relate to people. You're screwing up your sexual health. I don't know. I can't think of any positive benefit to it. 
So I've talked about this a lot, so I'm not going to beat it to death. But we'll go ahead and toss it up in, in the S tier. Any objections to that, James? Because I know you're a dirty little smut weasel. Well, I was going to say, mate, that puts my job at serious <laughs> risk. I think I'll just leave this one with yourself. Okay. <laughs> okay. So next we've got, ooh, advanced nutrition. Okay. So I think I have basic nutrition in here, don't I? No, I don't. You do indeed. You do indeed. Where, where is that? I don't even know where I have that. Oh, basic nutrition. Okay, yeah. So we're making some distinctions here. So advanced nutrition, this is like the person who counts all of their calories and macros, who is uh, constantly like examining their micronutrient intake. They're being super obsessive about whatever sort of trendy diet they're on. I don't think this really matters that much. Like it's an okay hobby, but you're not going to get a ton out of it. Like some people, obviously you can take it to the extreme and you can become like obsessive. Like this is what orthorexia is. It's like people who like literally develop an eating disorder around trying to be too healthy with their food. So if you do something like that, well, that's obviously like very much F tier, but um, you know, in general, advanced nutrition, it's kind of one of those things of diminishing returns. Like if you like it as a fun thing, well then great. But like at a certain point, you don't need to get much beyond the basics. So I'm going to go ahead and, and place that in B tier. What do you think about that? Yeah, if it was me personally, I didn't put it lower than that, to be honest. I, yeah. I think it's the diminishing returns thing. It's like human beings are so durable. Like we can, if you really think about, for example, smoking, right? Smoking is not good for you. We know this. But, but people usually live a very, very, very long time. On average, it knocks, say, 10 years off your life. So therefore, you've got the young people running around. I use obsessing technically. You know, their, their energy is directed largely towards something like this. It's like it's so diminishing returns. It's going to be silly unless you perhaps got a, a natural deficiency anyway. But then it falls under medicine rather than just advanced nutrition. So, yeah. you know, I, I would even kind of go like unless you're a specialist in the area, yeah, you could do other things. Yeah, I would say like the, the higher up you reach, the more important it becomes like the hmm. The more, the more you've got your basic systems figured out, the more valuable it is. Um, like if you're, uh, it's one of those things where it's like, once you start getting to the top of anything, any sort of incremental game becomes really valuable. And so like, but it's not the, the primary thing. So it's like, even for me, like I've, I'm, I've got things really pretty together in my life in a lot of areas. And so I start looking at nutrition. I start thinking about what can I do to tweak my, to tweak things, to get my energy up a little bit higher. But you know, I can't major in the minors, and if I do, then I'll make I'll, I'll be missing on more important things. Completely agree. Completely agree. So I would say that moves us into advanced physical training, which for some reason I can't select. You've got to select the right layer. I have it. It's, uh, I, I know I've sent you weird technology, but <laughs> no, I've got the layer selected. It's not. Let me pick it up. Might not let me pick it up. No, I can't pick up anything. What's going on? Yeah, Photoshop was too complicated for me. Yeah, James couldn't put it together <laughs> on Photoshop, so. Um, okay. You gonna let me move it? Advanced technological skills is one of the habits, I think. Why is this not? Let me do this. Hold on. So, James, when I click on a layer, nothing moves. Why would it do that? So I might, for example, have accidentally put it in with another layer. So if we just move on to the next one, maybe it will naturally uh, mm. clear itself up. No, I can't move any of them now. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to redo this thing, I think. I'm going to reopen it. Stand by, everybody. 
This is the, the, the beauty of doing things live, my friends. Okay, let's try this. Because this was, we were supposed to be doing this earlier this week, and uh, it didn't work. Come on. No, we've been having great fun this week and last week trying to get this stuff to work. I know. What in the hell is going on here? Now it's just selecting everything, and it's not moving anything. Oh, come on now. All right, let's relaunch it. So how you doing, Mark? I'm doing pretty well, man. Other than this <laughs> shitty-ass thing you put together for me. Well, this is where we do the cut method and the reclaim method. They all come in, because when something annoys you, we should That's censor right. our energy. There we go. Okay, <laughs> I think we got it maybe back to good. All right, so we got that in. Now, advanced nutrition. And I can't, I can't move it. All right. Nothing moves. Have you tried a, a, a different one? Yes, I have. It just seems to lose its ability to, to move pieces. Do So click on a layer and do control A, because it might be on the old selection. Okay, maybe that works. Let's see. Okay, all right, I gotta do control A. All right, well, we'll, we'll edit that, that, little, that little thing out. Okay, so we're on to advanced physical training now. And this one's pretty similar to advanced nutrition. Um, I would put that, I'd probably put, mm, I, I would put that one kind of like in the middle of between B and C. And the reason for this is because unless you are actually an athlete, this kind of stuff just becomes what I would call a shadow career. <laughs> no, I don't call it that. Who calls it that? Uh, the guy who wrote the the War of Art, Stephen Pressfield. He has these, this idea called shadow careers, where basically you put you, you treat something that's not your true mission and calling as your true mission and calling, and it just distracts you from what you're supposed to be doing. It becomes like this big kind of thing that gets in the way. Now, if you got everything else in order, then advanced physical training that could be B, maybe even A tier for you. Um, but for a lot of people, the harder you start pushing your body, the longer, the, the, the more negative consequences you're going to suffer down the line. Like if you become an elite power lifter, I'm, I do not want to be you at age 50 or especially later. Like your body's probably really, really going to hurt. Or if you're a long distance runner, probably even more so. Um, you know, there are ways to maybe go about it where it's, it's healthy, but like I'm going to go, I'll put it in B tier just because it can be really cool. But, uh, Again, it's like one of those things where very much diminishing returns, and you almost like you got to be careful with it a little bit. I think I agree with you one hundred percent. I think, yeah. yeah, that whole that whole um, shadow career thing that that takes me back a couple of years. Where, like, yeah, it would be like I'm sitting there doing normal work, whatever, and it's like I need a protein shake now, you know. And it would be like that all day long. So, so yeah, I mean, it's it's <laughs> basic training is fantastic. When you really want to get into the the clean and jerks that you do every single day, and it's a set of five by seventy eight, and it's like no, 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 okay, have fun. Yeah, I mean, if you got nothing else going on, go for it. So let's speaking yeah. of that, let's go to the the basic ones of these. Where are they? Basic nutrition. Uh, where we got that? So yeah, we'll put you. I'm gonna put that. That's gotta be. That might even be S tier. What do we say? Basic nutrition is S tier. Does it include? I'm gonna have Burger to say. King? No. 
Oh. <laughs> I mean, because uh, sure, S tier then. We're gonna have to go with S tier with that because if you're just literally only eating junk food, you're leaving so much of life on the table. Uh, probably literally in terms of number of years and then also energy levels and that sort of thing. And I'm like, by basic, I mean like, do you eat some vegetables sometimes? Do you have some like, do you basically do you eat whole foods? Like ever? If you don't ever eat whole foods, meaning a food that's not highly processed, then that's a major problem. If you get all, if you if you're one of those people who never drinks water and you only drink sugary drinks, that's really really working against you. So like, I'm talking about like super basic. Get that. Get that. It's really going to make your life a lot better. And it can take a little while to like do that and have it until it feels good, but I can guarantee you uh, <laughs> you're going to like it. Um, same thing for basic exercise. You know, you need that. It's like probably the best. Between ba- these three things right here, these bad boys are like the top neurotropic. Like you get, you quit porn, you have basic nutrition, you have basic exercise you're more functional than the majority of men now. That's it. Like, like get those things in place, your life will improve massively. If you have those things in place, well, then you can start moving on to the other stuff. But, all right, what do we have next here? Advanced planning. Okay, so this is like, basically like the GTD method. This is the person who's got everything mapped out on vision boards and everything uh, like super meticulously organized in their life. Again, this is kind of like a, I would say, a diminishing returns sort of thing. Uh, you don't need to be that crazy with your planning and your stuff like that. And some people, they get way too hooked into that when they are. I would put this down at C tier, um, actually. And the exception would be like, so we have some pretty robust plans and whatnot that we get, you know, we've worked out and we put in our click up and whatever. But at that point, that's not even advanced planning. That's just like necessary work. So it's like for most people, they don't need to have everything mapped out meticulously. Uh, you know what? For me, for me personally, this for a period of time was actually very much F tier. I had like a an OCD tick around trying to find the best system for organizing my goals and my day and all that kind of stuff. Um, and it actually served me well because I really learned the ins and outs of like what's necessary for productivity and whatnot. But uh, yeah, uh, be careful with that one. We'll, we'll, we'll leave it in C tier. What do you think about that, James? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's good if you've got loads and loads and loads of things to do, if you want to be very, very efficient. But the trap with something like that is for some reason it's incredibly addictive. That might just be my own personal experience. But, you know, I, I think with, with yourself, Mark, it's kind of the same thing, you know. Um, not Do not do it if it's at the expense of basic human function, such as the basic nutrition and exercise we've talked about before, and uh, actually talking to human beings in real life. Because it is a trap people can fall into. That or even, be, like, for me, the big thing was, like, if it gets in the way of basic productivity. Because that was my thing, is, like, I would, like, constantly looking yeah. for a new system to use or whatever. And I would just have to reconfigure everything. And I would lose days. Like, literally one time I was like, all right, I'm going to really let myself figure this out. And, like, a month and a half into it, I was like, shit, I don't have it figured out yet. And it's just like, I have to stop this. Like, it's it's endless. Um, actually, I did figure it out. So it is it does end. But you'll have to stay tuned for that whole system. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I do remember in the early days of working alongside yourself where you would you would disappear for a day or two whilst you went on an investigation. And when you came back, 
there, there wasn't much that came back to, to be honest it, it, it is is that we think it's so lovely because we want to have that thing where we can sit down at the battle station and we know everything that's going on but it's like no because what, what happens if you get an email that comes in that's too long to answer right now so where does that go and it throws you off and then you don't go and do it and then it builds up right. and then it causes stress it's right. like blah, 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 and you need blah. to have an anti-fragile system and that's that's what well, well we'll be talking about what that what what I've come up with after my years of wasting time <laughs> uh, is, but we'll leave it we'll leave it in C tier. So now what do we have? We have affirmations. Hello. All right. So there's a bunch of different ways to do affirmations, and it's kind of abstract. But like if we're gonna put it in terms of the way most people do it, where they like sit down and they say, oh, you are a special person. You are rich. You are lovable. You are tall and sexy. You are blah, 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 blah. Like that, I'm going to go ahead and put that in the D tier probably. Um, But if you're very focused in your affirmations and maybe you add a bit more to them, like the best way to do them would be to do creative affirmations where like focused creative affirmations. So say you're trying to work on one thing specifically, all right? Say you wanted to become more confident. Okay. And the way that you wanted to become more confident is you wanted to utilize like my, my radiant versus vacuous methodology of, of like connecting with your dignity. Okay. You could do that through affirmations actually pretty effectively. And what it would mean is you sit down maybe each night or each morning and you write spontaneously a message to yourself where you tell yourself about like, you know, you're, you're inherently good. So it doesn't matter if you ace this, uh, presentation you got today or not, it doesn't affect your worth. It doesn't matter if that girl you're planning on asking out today, you know, says yes or not. You're still good. You're still worth sacrificing for and you're still worth your own respect. Like if you write that out creatively, that really does a lot for your brain. And if you do something like that, I would go ahead and, and put that even up into A tier. Um, and if you if you combine that with something like my Metascript method, which you can get for free if you click the link below, um, it's arguably, I would say, um, since it's not ex- exactly the Metascript method, uh, I would keep it in A tier. But if you have the Metascript method, I would put that maybe up in S tier because I've seen guys literally transform their lives with that kind of approach. Yeah, I've not really had much experience with this personally, so I probably shouldn't be commenting. Um, but they're, they're not going to be hugely useful, generally speaking. I'd be mean, no surprised affirmations? Yeah, yeah. Unless they were done very personally, uh, or if they were done with some other kind of methodology, simply, especially when you're saying like, I am full of love and my heart is full of love. I wouldn't want to take that away from somebody if it's helping them. But would that be your first port of call? Really? It's just maybe it's my English cynicism coming through. But theory me, mate. <laughs> yeah, no, I hear you. All right. So let's move on to algorithm surfing. What is that? So that's basically what we were talking about earlier. Anytime that you're interacting with an algorithm. So, so some kind of algorithmically curated feed that where the AI determines what's important for you to look at. Um, I'm going to go ahead and throw that all the way down in the big old F tier. And uh, I'm not going to spend too much time talking about that because I think we already we kind of already beat that to death in the previous segment. But, you know, you can't trust third party companies with incentives that are just around making money for them to tell you what's worth looking at, okay? Uh, try and minimize yourself to that as much as possible. Maybe if you're like in a discovery mode where you're really trying to look for something new or you're just entering into a topic, 
like, sure, fine, surf the the feed a little bit. And then once you find the, the, the big names, follow them, or at least the names that have something interesting and original to say. Just go right to them and skip the feed because it's just, it's just poison. Completely agreed. It's absolutely silly. Yeah, yeah. The end. The end. <laughs> Easy enough. All right, so basic planning. We didn't, we didn't, we didn't hit that one. That's going to be – it depends on what you do, I would say. Basic planning is – for some people, they don't need to plan at all. They just need to focus on, like, their values and whatnot. Uh, they just need to focus on um, being a good person day to day. That's if you live a very simple life. Uh, I believe our lives have become increasingly more complex as modernity has progressed. And if you can't create a prioritized list of what's most important for you to do, you're kind of going to get sunk because there's so many things that will just grab your desire for immediate gratification. And so if you don't have those priorities clarified, I think you're kind of sunk. So I'm going to, I'm going to throw that in a tier. What do you think of that, James? Again, completely agree with you on that. It's so contextual. It's like when I was doing my, my PhD work, if you don't go in with a plan, there's no point in going in. You know, is what what is the point that you got experiment here and experiment here and experiment here and incubation period here and this has got to be done, but if you're just doing basic, you know, just basic office work or something like that where you know and by basic I mean you know what is going to happen, it can you just run on autopilot. That's fine. No need to stress. Right, right, exactly, exactly. All right, so here's an interesting one. Um, breath work. This one's gotten pretty trendy these days. Ever since, like you know, with the westernization of yoga, you've got like pranayama and stuff like that. But I think it's it's reached even kind of like a new level of interest, particularly like in the manosphere because of uh, the rounds that like Wim Hof and the like have taken. Uh, and there's this new book. It's called Breathe or Breath. Uh, the author was just on Joe Rogan podcast or whatever. And it's just talking about the power of breathing and, and all this kind of stuff. And I think this stuff has value. Uh, it's the breath is kind of like a a bridge into the unconscious in a lot of ways. It's, it's a bridge into the the autonomic nervous system, and if you can control your breathing, you can control your emotional states. And it is sort of essential, I would say, combined with like body awareness in order to do deeper emotional work. Me and James are actually talking about this the other day, where it's like if you get if you're dealing with some issue that's just really intense. Like maybe there's a lot, there's like trauma around it, or maybe you've got some kind of um, like serious stress response or something like that. You can't do like self-talk. You can't do um, any kind of other internal technique to work with yourself because there's just too much energy there. And so you got to learn how to take some energy out of the circuit. And breath work, I would say, is valuable for that. Um, and so... I don't know. It's like I feel like it's I'm going to I feel like it's more important than advanced like or adva advanced nutrition or physical training, but I don't think it's quite on on the A tier level. Mm. Yeah. Um I mean obviously we we were talking about this briefly the other day. Um I've got a, a, like a biochemistry background. So just just for for context I've gone through sort of the academic system in biology so we become aware of certain bits and pieces. And one of them is when you're in a state of burnout or significant stress, what happens is you end up hyperventilating. So not necessarily mechanically, you actually breathe off too much CO2. 
And CO2, when it's in the blood, is very, very important. It regulates your blood pH, how acidic or alkali it is, basically. So if you're stressed and you're breathing too much CO2 off, your blood pH will change. Now, if you go into, um, start doing breath work, like forced hyperventilation, when you're in a state like that, and you don't always know that you are, it can be incredibly dangerous. And I, I know this from personal experience where a very good friend of mine, he's still a good friend of mine. We joke about this now, but he's, he's a certified Wim Hof trainer. And he's like, you know what you need? Some breathing exercises. So we did, I was lying on the floor. It was in, out, in, out. My, you know, you get all the, the uh, paresthesia, the tingling of the limbs that was going on. And I went blind for 30 <laughs> seconds. I actually went blind and I came out of it and I was like, mate, I was blind. Is that normal? He goes, no, mate, not at all. But it's relaxing, isn't it? I'm like, well, sort of, because I'm numb and I can't see anything. I guess that's kind of relaxing. It's a bit like being dead. So the... Because you had that condition you're talking about, right? I, I, yes. So I, I was in a state of, of chronic burnout. Yeah. So it wasn't like an average person. I've heard it can happen to the average person. But if you're, for example, older and you've, you've, li you've lived a life, maybe you've had a bit of smoking and drinking and fast food and you get furring of the arteries or atherosclerosis, what this hypercapnic condition can do to you, which can be triggered heavily by this um, breathing work, is it can cause your arteries to spasm. And if they spasm when they've got a smaller diameter to them, they close. And so if that happens to one of the arteries that fuels your heart, you have a myocardial infarction or a heart attack and bye-bye. And this does happen. So lots of people who, for example, when they go out running, when they're seemingly healthy, but they die of a heart attack, that's what's happening. Hmm. And so putting yourself through stress, which is what happens in these situations, you know, it can be dangerous. So if, if people are going to be using breath work, you know, it's like, um, I, I don't personally Start gentle and scale it. up. That's that's yeah. I think the thing is like and I think you know fairness to Wim Hof and whatnot he his I actually went through his course and uh, he is progressive with it he doesn't like take you right into the deep end with it he kind of and you know he recommends you know talk to your doctor and all that kind of stuff because he doesn't want to get sued um, so it's like yeah you got to be careful with it um, I think for most people that's probably not going to happen uh, and it can be really great for some people but just just things to be aware of for sure yeah. Yeah, yeah, you hear these horror stories of people going epileptic and stuff like that through this, and it's like, mm, yeah, yeah, we want to want to stay away from that. All right, so on to the next one here. We got cable TV. I mean, clearly that's that's some F tier kind of activity there. If you're watching anything with commercials, like you do not value your time enough. Plainly speaking, that's that's the way I see it. Like, heck, like if you if like, come on. You guys out there who don't have premium YouTube and you watch YouTube a lot, it's like I actually had this conversation with my brother the other day. It's like you have to decide how much your time is worth. Like if you watch a pretty decent amount of YouTube, like you're going to be spending significant minutes each month watching stupid crap you don't want to see. And if you don't have anything better to do with your time, well, then that's fine. You can do that. But if you do uh, – you got to ask yourself, like, like, how much would I have to be paid in order to sit and watch 15 minutes of advertisements, right? And if it's anything like more than $12, then you're robbing yourself by not getting, getting rid of commercials. And like cable TV is kind of just the worst of that because not only are you not – you're going to be forced to watch advertisements – you also don't even get to like watch it when you want. I guess there's DVR and whatnot too, but, and that makes it a little bit better, but still – Come on, guys. Get a little bit better. Cut the cord. <laughs> also, YouTube Premium members apparently give give me more money uh, for, for views. But 
I don't, YouTube has yet to pay me a single cent for anything I've done on this platform yet because there's some weird payment thing, but that's beside the point. <laughs> well, we're trying to sort that is actually ridiculous. It's like they don't want you to have the money, which probably might be true. Probably is true. Yeah. I've never had an interest in it, to be honest, mate, but I, I, I wouldn't. Obviously, it's not a wonderful thing to do. <laughs> it's like if, if you're on the Universal Man channel, it's kind of like, uh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just one of those things. Get rid of it. Also, it's like way too expensive. Cable TV yeah. is like ridiculous, especially if you're going to get it with any of like the good channels. Yeah, you got to have a TV license. <laughs> you have a TV license over in the States? Do you have? But I don't know what that means. So over here, if you want to watch BBC or something like that, you've got to pay for a TV license. And obviously everyone at university uses TVs, but never, ever, ever pays for the license. So, uh, and one of the things is like they threaten you with coming in and kicking your door down and physically removing your TV. And it's like, that kind of sounds really hilarious. Please do that. That's funny. Eventually, <laughs> the, the TV itself. I wouldn't be surprised if the cable companies and their lobbyists like figure out a way to like force you to have TV because like their subscriptions are like tanking. Like the whole mm. old media model is getting like completely destroyed right now. So we'll see what happens with all of that. Hmm. All right. So cleaning. This is a weird one, but like. This is something that it might be your journey dependent. But for me right now, like I'm doing like a massive like life clean. Like I'm trying to clean everything, like get rid of all my unwanted possessions. I'm trying to clean up my computer files. I'm trying to really organize myself like Marie Kondo's like my new hero. Like <laughs> there is like, – let me, let me put this in context for you, all right? So I did a video – called dopamine detox and the reset ritual. And I talked about how this reset ritual, this kind of thing that you do at the end of the day to set yourself up for the following days using the Metascript method is like the greatest habit that you could have. And like, I'm realizing now that there is a, like there's that kind of reset ritual. Then there's like a holistic one. And what this means is like at the beginning of any activity, once you get like, like there's usually an activation part where you have to kind of get yourself into the activity. So maybe it's like you got to do some email or you got to work on a presentation or you got to do uh, whatever. It takes a little bit of effort there. And then once you're in it, you kind of are in the flow for a little while. And then toward the end of the activity, your energy is lower and, um, you know, your, your work is less good. Okay. And so the idea behind this holistic reset ritual is that instead of just putting yourself to the point of like, all right, I'm so done of it, done with this, and then just throwing everything down in a mess. Uh, what you do is you spend the last few minutes of whatever that activity is to clean up, whatever that means for that activity. So if I'm doing like like the end of my workday, what that would look like is planning out my following workday. It would mean cleaning up my workspace. It would mean basically resetting everything so that when I sit back down, everything is clean, pristine, and ready to go. And it's that kind of little reset done at the end of pretty much anything. Like, you know, if I'm working out my home gym, it's like putting all my weights together. If, you know, maybe it's laying out my clothes for the next day. So you, you use the tail end of that activation period where your energy starts to wane. Instead of just pushing yourself to the point where you're just sick of it, you cut it short a little bit, use that last little bit to reset in whatever way you can to make it so that the next time you start – the activation energy is lower so that you can get into the meat 
while your energy is higher, I think that the the gains from that overall are absolutely massive. And like generally speaking, like the cleaner your environment, the more focused your environment, like cleaning on all levels, like in terms of your habits, in terms of, you know, your information diet, in terms of uh, your time management, all of that kind of stuff, that cleaning is another word for focus as far as I can see. So I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and, and put that up in in A tier. But that's that's kind of like a a generous interpretation of cleaning. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, for myself personally, I'd put it in S tier because I know where my neuroses are. <laughs> like, if, if you leave me alone, like, say, late at night, I'm sort of like, done, done for the day. All the work's done. I will not sleep until everything is spick and span. Mm. It's like, no matter, no matter what I do. So I'm, I can't stop myself doing that. And I won't because I really like it. It's like, um, it, used to, it used to become a problem for me, though. It really, really did. When I'd sit down, this is when it comes to procrastination. I'd say, for example, like in my PhD, I'd sit down and there might be a slight smudge on the corner of the desk. I'm like, well, I have to rub this off. <laughs> so you go down to the kitchen, you find some stuff, you scrub it. And it's like, well, you, you, you advanced planned everything and now you just spent it cleaning. And it's like, all right, okay. Okay. So for me personally, S, but, but not if it goes too far, you know, everything in its proper place, I think. And yeah. not everything needs to be perfect because otherwise you'd be sitting there watching your desk all day until a flick of hair comes down and right. you flick it off the desk. So. Right. Right. We don't want to be, don't want to be doing that sort of thing, but uh, mm. this is, this is particularly poignant to me right now. Cause like, it also depends on your background too. A lot of people, like they grow up in very messy environments. Like if you've got kind of, a hoarding tendency that runs through your family, which I would say I do. Like I never had like things were just not clean. Like growing up, I didn't. I wasn't really taught how to clean. Like it's actually like a skill. You got to know where everything goes and everything. And it's just a whole mindset. And if you've never built that, it can be a real pain in the butt to do it because you just got a backlog of crap that, and like bad habits and that sort of thing. So it can take a lot of work. But from what I'm seeing, the payoff is pretty massive. So. Agreed. All right. Cold showers. I don't know if any of you guys remember this, but back, I don't even know, it was a number of years ago on YouTube, I, I did a whole month of cold showers. And it was really cool. And cold showers, I think, are best. There's two ways in which cold showers, I think, are best. One is for someone who is just super unfamiliar with delayed gratification. It's a perfect example of delayed gratification because it's such a a such a short delay. It's like, all right, you have a period of extreme discomfort and then you feel amazing right after. So you take a cold shower, it's horrible, and then it's amazing. And so like just practicing that and getting yourself used to discomfort, really, really useful. And it's also, I think, really useful if you are going to keep it in the back pocket as like, what, what would we call it? Like a... Um, a way to create a reliable neurochemical shift, like a big neurochemical kick. Like if you're really depressed or you're really stressed or you're like really worked up about something, if you take a cold shower, it just does enough with your brain chemistry so that you're not going to be looking or looking at the things or feeling the same things that you were previously. And that's really, really useful. Now, in terms of an everyday sort of thing, I think the the value goes down significantly. Like as I did it for a month, your body adapts to whatever it is. And it's like, you'll actually need to keep getting more extreme. You'll have to start doing like the ice baths and stuff like that in order to keep getting a comparable result because you just get used to it. And what I found is that toward the end of it, 
it just felt like a slog, right? It wasn't that hard. It was just kind of sucked. I just like didn't look forward to my shower anymore. And the high wasn't that intense either. So it's like really significant diminishing returns. Uh, but like when I have other stuff that I'm already doing to push myself, uh, I didn't need a bigger drain on my willpower. And so for me, it's like situa- situationally, I would say it can be good. Um, but in terms of like an everyday thing, uh, I don't think it's really that useful. I got a, I got a buddy of mine who's like, he teaches like hot yoga and he takes cold showers all the time. And it's like, okay, if you're teaching hot yoga, fine. Yeah, I'm sure cold shower is awesome for you. Um, and you just get to the point where you prefer it, fine. But like for me, I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep it, I might even put it in C tier. No, because it's still good enough. We'll, we'll keep it in B. Where would you put it, James? Um, well, I, I think it can become, and it's quite funny, uh, one of the strangest religions that you see going around the internet. Like, it's, it's not, it's, it's not like, like, like when people go overtly, say, over vegan, that I think instinctually hits people as being quite annoying. But when people go overtly over cold showers, it just gives kind of like a funny vibe. It's like, this is odd. Uh, I've, I've, I, I don't practice them myself. I used to back in the day, a few years ago, I used to enjoy them, not in the moment, but afterwards you'd feel great. And I know that there are, there are scientific benefits to it, but it's like, um, I think with lots of these things, dude, it's like once lots of other things are sorted out, then you can tack it on, if you like, as a self-perceived DLC pack for your life, but not as a replacement to important stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Yeah. I remember, um, when I was working with Alexander Rhodes, the the guy who runs NoFap uh, and created it, he had like someone working for him who was like super into it. And he had like the whole ice bath and everything like that. I remember seeing this Tony Robbins thing where he's got some like cryogenic tube that he hops into every morning or whatever. And it's like, okay, all right. I, I think maybe some of that for him is for show and marketing, but maybe not. I'm sure there's I, value I, in I it. But prefer, like, dude, I like waking up and having a cup of coffee. Other wake up and let me jump into a cryogenic freezer. It's like, of course you'll live longer if you do that because you're frozen. Your metabolism is zero. Just have like a just silly to me. Well, you're just not living at the, the top of the line there, James. You're not. You're not, not at the point where you're. Me. Cut my pay, please. Cut my pay. I do not deserve it. I'm a universal boy, not a universal man. Okay. Um, so, all right. This one. This next one's a little weird. Uh, infotainment reading. Uh, why did I preface, why did I just say reading? Because I think there's many different categories of reading. All right. So there's like reading that you have to do. Okay. So that's, I wouldn't say that's really, I wouldn't look at that as a reading habit. That's just like work. All right. So it's like, if you're certain stuff you have to do for your job, that's not reading. That's not a reading habit. That's just work. Okay. Um, there's also like pure pleasure reading. And like, I don't know if I would like, do I have that? Oh, I do have that on there. Oh, we do have pleasure reading. All right, so we'll get the pleasure reading in a second. That's just where you're reading something purely because you think it's entertaining, okay? Now, infotainment reading is a little different, all right? This is when you have something that you, it will enrich you, you'll learn something, but it's in a field that you think is interesting. Um, so like for me right now, I'm, I'm really into like reading about like economics and Bitcoin. I don't need to do this. It's kind of a little bit like work, but it's also pretty interesting. Like it's not something that I would, you know, I don't, I don't do it for the dopamine necessarily, but there is enough interest in there in it for me. And this kind of stuff is like, this is the stuff that expands you as a human where it's like, all right, it's a, it's a kind of 
way to expand your mind that makes you better. Um, but you're doing it in a, in a manner where you're pursuing your passions and interests. And it's kind of like you're following your muse. It's like, where do, where do you instinctually want to grow? And I think that this stuff is actually massively important because this is, this is pretty much how I have built all of my self-development knowledge uh, for the most part. Like I've spent thousands of dollars on courses, on books, on whatever, stuff like me trying to like learn the internal mechanics of self-mastery and that sort of stuff. And so like you can really, and, and you know, I hadn't, I'd, I had been doing this long before I ever decided to become a life coach. And in many ways, because I had been doing that, I was able to become a life coach much more easily and effectively. So there's a lot of benefit to doing this sort of thing beyond just the the personal, you know, enrichment. Like, you know, you can you can who knows what an interest can turn you into. Like I'm working with a family member now who has uh, you know, he got me into the Bitcoin stuff and he's like really into all that financial stuff and that could actually end up becoming, you know, another revenue stream for him, which is really cool and 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 powerful. So yeah, I'm going to put this in A tier. Yeah, it's it's quite it's quite a good one, isn't it? I, I like it when it's um, bespoke to yourself exactly as you were saying, because you know you go on online and there's loads of like um, must read books for men, and yeah. uh, e even if it's like classical education, like uh, I used to be hugely, I still am to be fair, into like the uh, classics, like Greek and the Middle Ages and stuff like that. But I don't think they're like must reads for everybody because right. most people never read them, you know? Right, so I never read that book that... by Marcus Aurelius, and everybody says I have to read it. Yeah. Like, maybe I will someday, but maybe I won't because screw you, man. I'm going to read what I want. Like, like don't, yeah. <laughs> don't do that. Don't list – like a general must-read list by someone is interesting. It's worth looking at it, and if they provide descriptions, even better, or like some kind of reason to read it. But don't just blindly f read someone else's reading list. That's like the dumbest thing ever. Like if they have a very specific list, like if you follow my daily emails, I put out a, an email talking about like the, the top three books you should read for uh, like leveling up your brain or persuasion or something like that. I forget the, the exact thing. Like I made it a focused list. Those kind of lists, you read off that, great. But someone's just favorite list of books, unless you super duper respect them and want to be like them, don't worry about it. I never like yeah. Gulag Archipelago. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Well, if you want to bring up uh, like Peterson's reading list, he's got the Painted Bird on there. Please, people, Google the Painted Bird. It's uh, it's probably not necessarily necessary to read. I, I think you're right though, dude. When it's about focus, and if it's like to be a man, you must read Thus Spoke Zarathustra. It's like absolutely not. Why? That's very strange. There are other things you can do, such as get a girlfriend. That's far more important than reading Thus Spoke Zarathustra. Yeah, and that brings back brings to the point of like sources and stuff. Like the more invested you are in a field the more you should look at the original texts. Like, so say I wanted to become an economist, um, then I should absolutely go back and read like the writings of Keynes and the, the famous Austrian economics, uh, economists and that kind of thing. But since I'm not planning on being that, I can read the stuff that uh, by the experts who have read and digested all that stuff and then distilled it down into a more, you know, coherent form. And so like, that's actually usually far more efficient than, you know, like a lot of times what you're doing, you're getting book recommendations from experts or whatever. They're the people who are super interested. So they read all the source material. But in reality, you don't need to read any of that source material. You just need to read what they've condensed it all down into. And it's just far more efficient that way. Completely agree. Completely agree. So that's the purpose of 
to doing it. You know, it's, it's all about what am I using my energy, my libido, my time, my life force for? And it should belong to you, not to a list online. Exactly. All right. So next we've got journaling. All right, let's try to move through these a little quicker. All right, so journaling, it can go everywhere between C tier and S tier. Uh, C tier is just like Dear Diary kind of stuff. Um, actually, I mean, I don't know. Maybe that would still be... I don't know. Maybe that's still B tier level because journaling is pretty good. Even if you're just spending time listening to your own thoughts, that can be useful. Um, but it's S tier if you do it in the Metascript method approach. So again, I'm going to plug that. That's my my system for journaling where it's very structured and it's designed to create iterative and inescapable shifts in a positive direction in your behavior. And if you know how to do that right, that's unbelievably valuable and I practice this all the time it's like a, a system of self-reflection and preemptive neurocognitive loading so um yeah and I've seen like repeated like James how many how many times have we gotten emails from people saying that they've gotten like the biggest changes they've gotten in their life using the Metascript method oh I've, no, I've never seen and this isn't just simply to plug the brand i've never seen a negative review of the metascript method now i've said that people are going to come out with all kinds <laughs> of kinds of stuff but i've, I've, ne I've never seen it It seems to le legitimately help people because obviously you're getting your thoughts down on paper i've, I've got a question for you though because mm. this, this is kind of fun what do you think about like um, uh, a vlog a personal vlog to yourself rather than necessarily writing and how that might start sure out? i actually say that in the book somewhere that like you could do it with video or you could do it with audio it's really the structure of self-reflection so it could be video journaling audio journaling um or you know on paper paper just seems to be convenient for a lot of people and it forces like there's pros and cons to paper um one it's easier to read back over but really journaling is not about reading back over it's kind of you know it's a cool thing to do it's about the process of putting your thoughts in order and the written word demands that your thoughts are in more order first but if your thoughts are particularly not in order that's when speaking is easier. Like when I'm trying to work on a first draft of something and I just don't have it figured out well enough to do that yet, to, to really write it down, it's just kind of all over the place. That's when I'll just put on a voice recorder with transcription going and I'll just talk for 15, 20 minutes about whatever comes up. And then I'll go back through and kind of condense and whatnot. So it's kind of like the more scattered you are, the less valuable pen and paper is and the more valuable something more real time is. And if you're super scattered and super lost, that's when you actually need another person to help you with the reflection. And that's where you need like a coach or a therapist or a good friend to talk to. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I, I would put that as one of the top habits I reckon that we've talked about so far. Yeah. All right. Meditation. Let's look at this. So this one is one of the, another one of those ones where it's like, it uh, when you say meditation, you could be talking about a lot of different things. There's a lot of different ways to meditate, and not all of them are created equally. I don't think. Um, like you have meditation that you can do to increase your focus. So if you try to just focus your brain on one thing, like the image of a candle or the image of a deity or like just your breath, okay, that's one kind of meditation. And that's useful because what you do is you basically build the ability to notice when your mind wanders. And so that's a self-awareness training. And that's really powerful up until a certain point. At a certain point, you have enough self-awareness 
and it becomes more about what you do with your self-awareness. So like that kind of meditation, like just pure mindfulness meditation, I'm fully convinced that it actually just, it there is a place where it actually is not helpful anymore. Um, and once you get to that point, you have to do something more structured. You have to figure out a method of using your that self-awareness. Um, and I'll probably get into that, you know, what my system around that is more moving forward. But there's that kind of meditation. There's just like body meditations and all kinds of stuff like that. So like I would say meditation goes anywhere between B and S. And so like at the S tier is kind of the stuff that I'm working on now where really what you're doing is you're connecting. You're, you're, you're kind of like in a free form relationship with yourself where you're connected specifically to what you could call God or your your highest conception of goodness. You hold that and then you let whatever is in your head and heart just free form float up while connecting to that highest conception of goodness. And it ends up being sort of like you could call it like a um, passive sort of prayer. Um, that's that's like what a lot of like the, the, the prayer and silence sort of stuff is like listening to God in the quiet of your heart. Um, and that's the thing that people do naturally when they have that downtime where like they're, you know, they don't have anything else they're doing. It's usually late at night. They're lying in bed and their brain's just spinning. And if you can tie that to your highest conception of goodness and it's not just spinning off randomly, getting lost in your own stresses and worries and that kind of thing. That to me, if you can learn how to do that properly with the right kind of structure, I would put that in S tier. Um, you know, just basic breathing and whatnot. And like just mindfulness, that's that's S tier if you've never done it. Okay, if you have, if you really lack self awareness, that's S tier. Um, but then after a certain point, if you just keep with the mindfulness meditation, I would put it down in B tier. So I think maybe just to even it out, I'll keep it in A tier. Yeah, yeah. The, even when you do it badly, right? At least you've taken time out. To, to sit there and do nothing. One of my favorite things though was um, is to go into a cathedral when there's not a service on or a church and to pray or meditate. Even if like, you know, on like a lunch break or something, you take time out, you get your meal deal from the shop. If you live in the UK, it's yummy. And you go inside the church, you sit down and you relax. Just not even if you're religious, it's just a very calming environment. Obviously they're built to be that way. Um, very, very calming, much better than browsing on a social media feed, which of course, a lot of this stuff should be contrasted with stuff like that because that's people's baseline anyway. So I agree, mate. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Morning routine. So with morning routines, there's, this is, people just get real hyped on this. Like there's some people get super into it. And I think for some people, uh, it becomes it almost becomes a self-defeating sort of thing where they think that it's the answer to everything and they can't quite get it down. And they keep thinking, oh, if only I got up and I did my morning routine, my things would be together. My, my life would be together, my whatever. I'm not saying there isn't value to a morning routine. For sure there is. There absolutely is. But like, I think it's limited. I think that like, you know, and, and the reason I'm saying this is because uh, my morning routine has been massively disrupted in a lot of ways. Like, uh, one, I had a baby. Okay. That's going to naturally mess up your morning routine. But then further, my wife has had some very serious sleep issues. So like my morning routine is basically wake up 
and take care of my daughter because my wife is is often sleeping in and like that's how it's been for a while and at first it really threw me off because like oh my morning routine and it's like yeah I could get up earlier but if I got up earlier what happens is that I don't have time to spend with my wife in the evening and so it's like I realized that it's not so much the morning routine it's just like do you know what the right order to do things is in your life and that's really what matters the the morning routine part is kind of like it's useful but like i'm not going to say it's crazy useful um for some people like it, it, it sure for sure gets you a good momentum going but it's also one of like the harder habits to build uh especially if you're not used to getting up early or you lack you know the willpower to do it or whatever to, to stick it through th- to the adaptation period it ends up being this thing that n- you just can't get done <laughs> i've seen this with a lot of guys they like make it one of their goals and they think oh i can do it and they just fail week after week after week and they keep it on there as this big goal and they just never get there, and it actually stunts their progress. So it's like, yeah, I'm going to have to throw that in the B, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, morning morning routines can be all right. What I found personally with, with myself, in case you know if other people resonate with this, is um, getting up earlier is more important than an actual routine. So literally my morning routines, I'll get up, I'll have a cup of coffee, then I'll sit at the computer. And it's like, for, for some people that might be sacrilege, but it's like, no, it works, and I'm refreshed by doing that. But if I do that at 10 in the morning, I'm much less productive. If I do that at 7 in the morning, I'm far more productive. I found that very interesting. That's that's like the whole uh, natural circadian rhythm that some people have. And then they seem yeah. to vary based person to person. So, yeah, it, I guess it depends what you want. I mean, it, even sometimes I'll, I'll wake up and I'll check my phone first before jumping out of bed. Because I'm like, okay, they've got all these messages coming through. And it's like, okay, nothing urgent. I can relax. You know, that kind of thing. Don't beat yourself up with it. Yeah, be a silly thing to do. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I've seen that too with myself. It's like the earlier you get up, the better you feel. Um, It's just I don't know why it is that way. You know, it might be a circadian rhythm thing. For me, it's just like the mornings feel different. They just feel Mm. better. I always try if I when I do get up early, I just go outside first, and just like being in the morning light, like you know that kind of early twilight or whatever. That's the best. I think that's the best time of day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I noticed with myself, I can get three thirty in the morning is the best time for me to rise. But if I did that, I wouldn't be talking to you now. So you got to make some kind of sacrifices, and you don't get any kind of social life. Right. Yeah, I I think probably circadian rhythm is more important. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. All right. So on to another sleep-related topic. We've got naps here. So naps. I'm gonna I'm gonna give them. I'm gonna give these a tier. Because, like, if you can take a nap, um, it's probably the right move in a lot of instances. Like, if you feel like you could go for a nap and you could enjoy it, do it because your body wants it then. That's the thing is, like, unless you get – like, if you get your basic nutrition, exercise, and everything, um, you know, the rest of your sleep schedule on point, you still might want a nap, especially if you're doing intense stuff. A lot of very, very successful people have used naps um, to kind of recharge themselves. And this is what I do now uh, is, especially when I'm doing heavy content creation, instead of like taking a break by scrolling social media or doing something like that, um, taking a nap, it recharges my brain so much faster. Like, you know, a 20 minute nap where like maybe I don't even fully fall asleep. I just like lay down and remove any obligation for my brain to do anything important 
the amount of time you actually get back from that is insane because then you can do like your next three hours are like five times more productive than if you didn't do that thing. So it's almost like a way it seems like it takes time. People are like, oh, I, I can't nap throughout the day. That'll waste my time. It's like, no, you're, you're gaining time through naps. So I'm a, I'm a big fan of them. Yeah, I would say uh, if you if you can take them, definitely take them because there's evidence. I don't even know how recent this is, but that humans are biphasic sleepers. So we naturally evolved to take naps. Uh, I just know personally, I'm really bad at it. And that could be actually because we're on like technological based stuff all the time. It could be that the screens are helping wake, wake us up, but there's nothing better than sleep for any kind of processing at all. So if you can do it. Yeah. especially if you work from home or something I'd, I'd at least give it a try for sure i never noticed a difference with the blue light stuff um i haven't installed it on my new computer and whatnot and i just like haven't noticed a difference really at all uh i guess for some people it really messes them up but something to think about too yeah I, the blue light definitely messes me up but i had a blue light filter before that uh, didn't uh, remove the blue light from the notification tray <laughs> which kind of defeats the point but i have one properly i forget what it's called, I think it's called night shift or something on, on android mm. that works really nicely and i've done experiments where it's like oh I'll, I'll, i normally to be completely honest i fall asleep holding my phone i'm like reading kindle or something on it with, the, with the filter on. if if the filter's not on there it's very very different to the filter being on there in terms of sleep quality and how quickly i can get to sleep so i i'd recommend people at least experiment with that kind of thing yeah yeah i can agree with that so okay on to the next one here, news consumption. All right, I'm gonna, this one is between D and C, in my opinion. Like, there is, there is a, a good argument to be made that you owe it to yourself to be generally informed on things, okay? You don't wanna be completely ignorant of the world around you, that could be dangerous. Um, but the way the news is today, it's just, it's just not gonna make you happy. It's not going to make you feel good. It's not going to make your life better. Um, and so it depends on how you do it. If you are very disciplined about it, then it's kind of just like a C-tier thing. It's like something you do because you kind of can't help yourself because you want to know what's going on or whatever. Uh, and you just do it regularly, short amount of time. You check a few different sources so you're not just getting you know information siloed and that sort of thing. We'll throw it in C-tier. If you're doing it like a little bit more compulsively it's like a it's a replacement for a real activity in your life we're gonna go d tier if you're yelling at strangers online then you are in f tier at that point so we'll just leave it in d tier because d tier is kind of lonely right now <laughs> yeah yeah uh I, I right now i don't consume really any news to be honest with you because it's just the same thing over and over and over again and we all know what that is and it just annoys me at this point um, but I, there's something to be said for say having maybe there's something I used to do have like a folder on my bookmarks on the browser it would have like 10 different news sites on them I'd right click on it open them all at the same time and just read what was on the front page skim them give myself five minutes max to be like okay done click away because it can also become incredibly seductive too to be like oh what what is David Beckham wearing on his head these days? I don't fucking know what people talk about <laughs> but it, it, it can suck you in and of course oh, yeah. that's what it's just designed for with this social media stuff for sure, for sure. So, yeah, you want to just be careful of that. So, okay, now we've got, ah, pleasure reading. That's a good one. Um, I mean, as far as habits go, like, I didn't get I didn't get too much into all the different kinds of recreational sort of stuff. But this one, I'm torn between A and B on this one because I think it's one of the best forms of recreation is pleasure reading. 
um, for me, I got to be careful of it because I'll get sucked into like a series and then I'll just like actually feel like a slave to it because like when my dopaminergic system gets cooking on something, it's, it's like a freight train and it's hard to get it to stop. So if I get hooked in a series, I like need to finish the series before I can like resume normal life. And sometimes I'm just like, I feel like I'm like waiting to finish a series so that I can like be more productive again. But at the same time, I enjoy it so much that like it's kind of worth it. So I'm going to keep it in B tier um, because of that. But it's one of those things where, yeah, if you use it right, it can be awesome. It can be one of the, the sweetest things you experience, but poorly, eh, eh, gotta just, just be careful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for myself, pleasure reading and the um, uh, the more infotainment reading, they kind of combine together. Mm. That's just naturally sort of my more nerdy tendencies, I guess. But to be honest, like when I when I sit down and read something versus when I watch something, I find it's way more fulfilling. Like I come away feeling better and feel. I, I don't right. know why that is. There's far less it's regret like there I've for some reason. Something. Yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, even for that, in terms of like, well, you might as well give yourself a little bit of happy hormones. Right. It's like if you if you spent three hours like watching a like binging a series on Netflix versus three hours like reading a fantasy book that you're really into, there's probably going to be like a shittier feeling associated with watching the show, at least for me. And I don't know what that is. Um, Maybe that's maybe that's just my own belief system and and bias there. But uh, I don't know. You're check it out for yourself. See what see what feels better. Yeah. Yeah, of course, it's one of those things where it's like, if you don't like to read, that's fine. Most people in human history did not read for pleasure because most people in human history did not have access to a large number of books. So you're fine. But yeah, it's good fun. Yeah. Social media. All right. We're going to go we're going to go between D and F on this one. I'm going to say focused social media is not actually social media at that point. It's like you've curated something like, say, for example, you've got a uh, bookmark on your home on on your desktop that takes you right to the universal man um you know youtube channel that's not social media so much that's just you going right to a person that you're following which if you watched the previous segment about you know the social dilemma and whatnot that's one thing that's very different than just looking through some algorithmically generated feed um but at the same time sometimes you find some pretty sweet stuff looking through the feed like i will not deny that sometimes you you stumble across a gem that seems to to justify all the turds that you were just wading through um so that's why it's not outright f but if you've got a problem it's definitely f so uh you know who you are we're gonna we're gonna put the the little twitter bird right there in d yeah i'm i'm not a fan if, I mean, for the for the reasons that we said earlier to, yeah. to be completely fair i'm always culling my youtube subscriptions as well that's the only like type of content i will sometimes watch and it's like with dinner and like i'll always be going through to be like okay i've got like 20 people in here i want to halve that i don't know why i just quite like things being neat and tidy but uh yeah it's, it's probably not a good idea to be honest yeah Agreed. And so if we take it back here, we got subscription entertainment. This is better than cable TV, I would say. You know, something like Netflix is better. You get you got a better thing. But like again, it's just, you know, you gotta watch out for the crap. So I don't think there's much more to say about that. That's D tier. Yep. Um then what do we have now? We got time blocking. Okay. So time blocking, I would argue 
especially now that things are in coronavirus land and who knows how long this bullshit is going to keep going. Um, I'm going to put that in A tier because if you do not know how to structure your time, then you won't get anything done, <laughs> especially if you're slumming around in some of this kind of crap. So, uh, yeah, you got to be able to, to, to set up your time appropriately. And, and something that you got to keep in mind is like this can happen on the hour level, but also the day level. And the day level, like looking at it from the day level can be really useful. Like I, I've started messing around with different kinds of things of like having a full admin day where I, I devote the entire day to just whatever kinds of odds and ends sort of activities, calls, like talks with the insurance company, like going to the DMV and like all that kind of crap. All that goes on one day. And so you can like batch whole days like that. And that could be really useful as well. Um, so yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to keep it at, keep that at a tier, I think. Yeah. I'd include it with basic planning to be honest. Yeah. I would agree with that. I mean, yeah, yeah, I guess you could say that you could say it's kind of an extension. It's like planning is more of like identifying the priorities and then time blocking is just saying, okay, here's when that priority will be executed upon. <clears throat> yeah. Basically, yeah. I mean, as you said, it's like what happens if you plan, but without the time blocking, it's kind of like you're way less effective. So you might as well include them together. Why not? Yeah, yeah, but you can go overboard with it. Don't do that. I've, oh, yeah. <laughs> everyone's tried to plan their day within 15 in minute increments. Good luck with that. <laughs> I, I have tried Elon Musk's five minute schedule before, and then I realized that 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 mm, don't don't do that. Please. I'd be interested have, to like, like actually follow him around and see if that's actually how it works. I think the only way that I could see that realistically working for anyone is if you have other people around you who make it work, who basically say, okay, time's up, here's the next thing, and they bring it to you, and, they, and it takes the voluntary control out of it. Because like being able to do that self on a self-motivated level is insane to me, like from what I know about all this kind of stuff. So the people who can do that, you're freaks, uh, or you got a lot of help. It's definitely help. Once yeah. one little thing goes out the window, it's like, you're going to catch up with that, are you, in your one hour of sleep? I don't think so, mate. You're going to be scrolling on Facebook. <laughs> right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. But that's that's the value of assistance, and that's why I pay you the big bucks, James. Oh, absolutely, mate. Let's not reveal my true salary to you. <laughs> I know everybody will be jealous. Okay. <laughs> so, all right, we are now talking about walking. Okay. This is this one is perhaps one of my my favorites. And if you haven't gotten into compulsive walking, then you're missing out. The 10 minute walk is life changing, especially if you've got any sort of nice uh, scenery around you. But I think. It's one of the most accessible, reliable, and useful neurochemical shifting behaviors that you can engage with. And when it comes to like anyone who's like like one of the hardest voluntary shifts I think to make today is quitting porn for guys. I think you know outside of you know a harder addiction like a substance addiction, like it's one of the hardest things you can get yourself to do if you're hooked on it. And so always recommend walking because like whenever you get kind of reaching that tipping point where you know things are going south you know that like you're getting triggered you know you're struggling with whatever um go for a 10 minute walk you're going to feel better you're going to have the space to think to, think to yourself talk to yourself um and you're going to feel better because you're not in the same environment that you were in when you were feeling crappy you know you get fresh air you get blood flow you get oxygen all these things 
it's just, it's a superpower. And then when you start throwing in some nice nature along with it, um, there's something that happens there. Like, you know, I was just walking in the woods yesterday and remarking to myself again about how, like, there's something tied deeply primally inside of ourselves to being out in nature. And if you don't get that enough, there's like this little part inside of you that starts getting starved and you don't even notice it until you go out and you're in nature again. You're like, oh, there's like this part of me that's like coming alive again. And uh, it can take a little while for that part to be rejuvenated if you've just been like living in the basement, um, playing video games, you know, for years. Uh, But once you turn that part back on, you're going to be realizing like, holy shit, this is, this just makes everything better. So like, I can't recommend walking frequently enough and it's like plus we're like designed for it like we're literally are we like we need it we're supposed to be walking and moving every day and so if you're now at the computer all day every day inside your own little place make sure you're getting up and getting out uh and you got to make sure you're not living in a police state like some people uh where they will attack you if you do that so uh find a way to find a way to get get out <laughs> yeah the ring's a bit too 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 close to home there so when i looked at the screen there for a second on the stream and i thought by walking you meant the basic human function of just walking <laughs> rather than crawling from the bed to the toilet yeah uh, I spent the first several years of my life just rolling around. And once I discovered walking, ah, everything changed. Uh, that'd be a fantastic Commander Q video. But I do, yeah, I, I, I completely agree. The one thing, may, maybe this will resonate with people, I don't know, maybe I'm just weird. When I go out for like a pleasure walk, if you like, I'll, I'll tend to walk too quickly. Like ah, I slow down. I get myself stroll. to slow down. Yeah. I should have but written I stroll. Like yeah. Yes, a, a nice leisurely stroll with a top hat and a cane on a sunday afternoon yeah maybe if you're nice. maybe if you're british like yourself but uh <laughs> how, how common are top hats and canes i imagine i imagine like 80 percent of guys use them over the age of 40 in 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 britain is that true it's, it's closer to 99 percent, and uh they always have a cup of tea in their hands as well and they're all calling each other hey oi, what you're not speaking the the worst uh whatever that particular like um rhyming cockney languages it's great mate you should come over is that actually true? Like, I actually have no idea. I, I'm believing you right yes, now. Yes, and we all roll around the floor as well. We don't walk. The English oh. are the ones who need this one. That's weird. Okay, it's because you're all drunk all the time. All at the it's, pub. To be honest, mate, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, last one here. We've got... Oh, where is it? Somehow, we lost interest hobby surfing. Where did I miss it? Oh, here it is. This is, this is a solid... C tier activity, and we all do it. You have something you're interested in, and you just scroll through crap related to that thing, whatever it happens to be at that time. And you know, is it the worst thing in the world? Probably not. Is it the best thing in the world? Probably not. Um, but we all do it. So, I mean, for most of us, though, this kind of interest hobby surfing or whatever that like comprises 80% of our free time. So that's where it becomes an issue. Like if that's the case, then you're going to want to try and clean that up. You want to try and get in some of uh, some of this higher tier activity into your life and uh, you're going to feel a lot better than if you're just like looking at the same you know stream of crap over and over and over again. Yeah. Yes, I think it's another one of those things where there's no harm for it on a day off. Why not? But um not the most brilliant thing in the world. You know, it's fair, I think. I think that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. I think we pretty much, we, we covered it. So one last look at our beautiful habit tier. It took us a little while to get through it, but uh, uh, 
I think it's I think it was an interesting and fun time. We'll have to start ranking some other stuff too. We'll have to give us send us uh, ideas you have of other things that you want us to go through on the like a tier list because this is a, a sort of a fun little segment. I enjoy it. Um, and yeah, I guess the only other thing to really mention today before we wrap up is that I am launching a complete redesign of the Vanguards. The Vanguard is my personal. Uh, kind of community that I built up around Universal Man and it's it's thriving and flourishing but it's been previously hosted on Patreon and I don't like Patreon so we're getting off Patreon we're going to move it in house but we're also going to make some other changes so for those of you who are looking for that next level self-development stuff like my new bleeding edge stuff like I'm not going to be doing that on YouTube anymore I'm sorry like I'm not like We've got the Sexual Self Mastery series, the Man of Action series, the Enter the Omni Game series. These are, you know, my high level stuff. I'm not going to do more of that on YouTube because it's just inefficient. Like, I have to cover so much ground when it comes to giving people an introduction. Because, like, if I'm doing something on YouTube, I wouldn't want anyone to come along and get value out of it. Um, the problem with this is that, like, so much of my stuff has so much, it's built on so much. There's so much foundational knowledge required to get to the new stuff that it's just inefficient for me to do it on YouTube. So I'm going to be doing it on a print newsletter and that's going to be going out to the people who join the new uh, elite tier of the Vanguard. So if you want that kind of stuff, well then this is what you're going to want to be. So it's it's clearly for people who are are looking for the 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 intense hardcore self-development stuff. If you just want to have some fun, you want to work on your, you know, becoming a man that you admire, all that kind of thing. Well, I'm still going to be putting out stuff on YouTube here. Probably going to be doing it more in this podcast format. The plan is to take these podcasts and cut them down, create clips and make them digestible and that sort of thing. Um but yeah, the hardcore stuff's going to go in there. Also with the new thing, there's going to be a new guide. It's called the Radiant Willcraft Guide. And this is where I take the cut, claim, and reclaim methods. These are like my most advanced willpower techniques. And I put them all clearly in one guide. Um, and so for the people in my community, that's massive because they're always asking about, how do I do this again? What's this piece again? Do I need this? And the answer is yes, you need it. If you want to be able to upgrade your willpower to thrive in the modern world, to deal with all our diversions and distractions, I think you need it. You can get this stuff from my YouTube channel. I do cover it like, you know, in the heart of action video, that's the cut method. And then uh, one of the episodes in the Enter the Omni Game series where I talk about centering. It's in the title. I forget the exact name of it. I call, talk about the, the claim and reclaim methods. But if you want to go even deeper into all that kind of stuff, you're going to want to check out this elite tier. And uh, I don't know if I should even tell you guys about this, but like if you are currently a member of the Vanguard, then you will get a pretty steep discount, which I will never offer again. So if you're at all interested um, and you want to get the best price that there will ever be on this membership, then you will want to join my current Patreon. Uh, if you don't really care, well, then whatever. I don't care about you, all right? No. Um, yeah, so did I miss anything about the, the new the new community, James? No, no, mate. I think, uh, I think it'd be a wonderful, fantastic time. And you're, you're very generous with that, actually, by, by tipping people off as to ways to cheat the Universal Man system. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I feel bad because, like, the thing that always tears me about price is that uh, I know there's people who live in countries where the, the exchange rate is not as good. And 
it just sucks or they're young or whatever. And it's just, you know, it, it's it's an unfair system. And I live in an expensive part of the most one of the most expensive countries to live in. And it's just like, oh, I got to pay for your ass. And, you know, the other two guys working for us now. So <laughs> we got to we got to we got to charge, my friends. But we're going to still keep plenty of free fun here for those of you who aren't ready to take that plunge. Um, that's fine. But uh, just figured I'd let you guys know. So anything else we think we need to cover before we wrap things up today, James? I think one final thing is mm. where we would put watching Universal Man videos. I mean, oh. this is absolutely licking your ass right now. Oh, that's 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 <laughs> when you put them on the habit tier. That's clearly double S tier. Clearly double S tier. So that's like the the absolute next level. So you don't need any other habits. The only no. other thing that could that reaches the double S tier is if you're on my daily email. Um, the feedback to that has actually been fantastic. Some people are like, "Oh, stop spamming me, man!" And then I, and I just tell them to unsubscribe because you know, stop being an idiot. Just unsubscribe if you don't want it. But like the people who like yeah. the daily emails are really liking it. So like I put a lot of effort into them. They're they're interesting, and you can pick up any number of my free guides. What do we got? We got the Metascript method, which we've talked about a bunch. We've got the reboot regimen, which is like a guide for quitting porn. And then there is the anabolic optimism guide, which is low key the most helpful out of all of them. But it takes a little bit of it, it just it's just harder to market because it's like, oh, a mindset. But it's it's a pretty, yeah. pretty unique mindset. Um, and so you can pick up a free guide and then also get on the daily email. And so I'm here to help you take your life to the next level. I am here to help you unleash your apex potential. I am here to help you make sure that you are on the right side of that digital divide we talked about where, you know, we're going to have a whole generation of men just living in the basement controlled by AI algorithms. And then we're going to have like a breed of superhumans who basically run the world because they've learned how to master themselves. So if you want to be on that side of things, then make sure you get involved with our stuff here. Yes. And if you do get a, a nice um, one of one of Mark's daily emails, reply to it. Have a nice comment. I love reading those. They're very nice. And it yeah. makes Mark smile as well. I send it to me like, like a baby. He lights up. He's like, oh, my goodness me. It's lovely. Yeah. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for coming out and hanging out with us. Uh, we'll let you know when the next one is. I'll either be doing these every week or every other week. Uh, one of those things we'll have to iterate on. But until next time, keep winning.